0: Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So I am super excited about this week's episode as it is going to be a part one and part two. So you will see part two next week. However, this week you are going to hear me and my girl, Charlotte Walker, who is so phenomenal. She has an amazing podcast that you're going to hear all about when we go over it in the podcast episode. But first and foremost, I just want to let you know that you will be hearing part one of our conversation. Everything that relates to trauma with moms, we are going to go in and talk about. We're also going to talk about therapy, God, and all of those things in between. It's going to be such a powerful, powerful episode. So I cannot wait to see you next week for part two, but stay tuned right now for part one. Now let's get to the show. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. Are you someone that has been listening to this podcast and you definitely are ready to take the step in looking for a therapist? Are you someone that is interested in finding an African-American therapist, maybe you have a Christian therapist and don't know where to start? I've got you covered, girl. Let's cut out the Google searches and let me help you find a therapist that's right for you. So in this webinar, I'll share with you how you can find a therapist that's just right for you. This webinar will cover how you can find a therapist in your area. Maybe you want to find a therapist that's virtual, low cost options, how to find a therapist maybe with or without insurance. I'll also cover specifically all of the websites you can utilize to be able to find an African American therapist and even a Christian therapist. So I promise you, I won't leave you hanging. That is not the only thing we're gonna cover in this webinar. As a bonus, I also will include my consultation question ebook. So when you call a therapist, you know exactly what questions you need to ask, specifically even asking them questions about their faith and if you can include that in your sessions. This ebook has all the questions that you want to ask, as well as it will give you the opportunity to really advocate for yourself, for your mental health journey. If you're interested in starting therapy, definitely go to helpmefindatherapist.com. Again, that's helpmefindatherapist.com or go to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait for you to start your mental health journey. Now let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Riza Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And today, y'all, sis, I have an amazing episode for y'all. I am so incredibly excited because me and my sis literally just met like last week. Yes. It was last week.
1: Yes. But I feel like we are long lost sisters. We are because I just found out that your middle name is Renee and so is mine. Period. hmm Oh, my God. We belong together like Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even told y'all about her yet. You see,
0: we already cut kind of. <laughs> up. So I want to introduce my sis,
1: Mrs. Charlotte Walker. Go ahead and say, hey, girl. Hey girl. What's up? I'm Charlotte Walker. I am the host of the God Goes and Girl Talk podcast. I'm a nurse practitioner. I be out here taking care of people's kids. I love Jesus and don't play about him, period. I'll be doing too much. I'm team do the most. So, (laughs) okay, so
0: you start by telling us a little bit of what you do. So, yes, you're a nurse practitioner.
1: Why? What are some of the other things that you do? So, I'm a nurse practitioner. I also am a certified breastfeeding specialist. So I actually just got my doctorate in nursing back in May, and my program that I started was to, like, we have to do a project. So my project was to bring breastfeeding education to an underserved area, particularly to increase breastfeeding rates among African-American mothers. And so the clinic that I work at, we see a lot of my cousins, and we were able to do that, and it's been really dope to be able to do that. I have a consulting program that I'm starting to help other nurses move their expertise beyond the bedside. It's called More Than Just a Nurse. So we'll be doing some nonprofit consulting because I have a nonprofit organization. Look at you. Um, Where we serve youth, women ages 14 to 24 um, that are in foster care. So we provide life skills, education, all the things, just helping them get their life.
0: Yes. So she has a podcast, y'all. And listen, I'm going to give you all the backstory of how I started listening to her. So for those of you that don't know, I am a part of the Anchor Media Network with Tatum to Media. Shout out to Tatum. Hey, 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 <laughs> this, the Blessed and Boss Up podcast. And so I kept seeing Charla's name come up when I would go listen to Tatum's podcast. Long story short about how I had to unsubscribe from all my podcasts. But that's a whole nother story. And so I specifically would go to podcasts, the ones that I listen to consistently to go listen to their episodes. And I would constantly see her podcast icon kind of coming and I was like, you know what? Let me just go look. Let me, let me just go look at this. And I was like, this is cute. She got pink on her fly. Let's like, let me just go. So, girl, I found an episode. I was doing my makeup one day and I was listening to an episode on imposter syndrome. And I said, Oh my Jesus, be snatching. The getting together, the using cultural terms to describe what you want to get across, you know what I'm saying? The commercials, like the commercials were just put together. It was just a podcast of intentionality, baby girl. Okay. And I was like shooking to by the message, and I just instantly started listening to our podcast. And so I was like, I gotta have her on my show. And when we did our console, <laughs> we talked for like an hour and a half. Yes. I found out that she was my best
1: friend.
0: Girl, listen, okay. And so I was like, but also she talked about her therapy journey and I was like, oh, I really, really want her to come on the podcast and share it. And then as we further started talking, I realized she has a lot to share in regards to therapy, but just overall healing with God, which is what I'm all about. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and what got you started with
1: that? God? (laughs) No. So my podcast is the God Goes In Girl Talk podcast. Literally, it was just a show that was made out of obedience to God. I love to talk, but also I told Rosalind, like I'm an extroverted introvert. So like at first I'm very quiet. I just kind of feel things out and make sure that I'm in a safe space so y'all can really like see who I am on the inside. But God had told me to start a podcast and I was obedient. And so here I was doing this podcast every week. was just kind of like minding my business, didn't tell anybody that I was doing it besides my husband. And this podcast was out, a friend of mine introduced me to Tatum's podcast. And so it really kept me like, okay, in this space of obedience, really stepping out. And when I found out that Tatum was doing the Find Your Voice Academy, I was like, I got to do this. Like, I'm going to be more intentional in walking in this thing that God has given me with excellence because I was doing it, but I was doing it like, I'm going to be obedient because I don't want to smoke with you. And I wasn't doing it like, oh, I'm about to be out here really as a podcast host, right? Because I was dealing with this level of imposter syndrome of like, child, who's seminary school I don't went to? Nobody's. But it doesn't require that, right? Like God will qualify those people that he calls into position. And he was like, girl, what I tell you to do? And I was like, okay. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so now fast forward, I started the show in 2019. It was New Year's Eve, (laughs) 2019. And I was like, get started. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like go on Fiverr, find someone to do a podcast. And he said, I said, get started. I'm like, who starts stuff on New Year's Eve? But okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then let me just point out a couple of things you said, because you talked about you were told to do it and then you just acted in obedience. Yeah. That's like a lot of things that I think us women sometimes we hold on to of uh, not starting because we think we have to have all these things to start <laughs> and really you just have to start but yeah. from starting you cultivated a small ground to where yeah. it's been expanded to it's beautiful isn't it like amazing how it reaches people
1: Honestly, i mean i started people. out i had this little raggedy like thing i made on canva <laughs> it was like black and yellow it was like a little microphone. said God girls and gold Talk podcast. That then transformed into like this character art. I didn't feel confident enough in myself to do the intro. So I had this woman on Fiverr do it and when Tatum listened to my podcast, she was like, who is this white woman? Right here? But it was just whatever God told me to do. I knew I wanted to improve. And so to see where the show is now, you listen to episode one, which is still one of the most like listened to episodes of my podcast, which I find really strange. I did not have a fancy microphone I had this $20 microphone and I just got started and was really sharing my heart a lot of the episodes overflow from my quiet time so a lot of stuff I feel like that's why it's so personal to me because the way that your edges be feeling snatched I have to recover my edges off the floor Maybe. in a dustpan so I can get them reinstalled I am excited <laughs> when I get snatched I was in the car like
0: Sharla Sharla like in syllables oh. in between your name, like girl, it's you better snatch me. So going into kind of like within relationship with God, we're going to talk a little bit about your mental health journey mm-hmm. and what that looks like for you, because there's a big part of your story that I can't wait to dig into when you talked about when you left therapy and went and now are kind of, you know, doing this with the Lord from the tools you gained, but talk to us a little bit about your mental health journey and where did that start?
1: Oh child. <laughs> Cause this is a long journey. And honestly, it's a continuum, right? Like what I've learned as I've continued throughout this more than anything is just like with our health, right? It's a continuum. So just because I say I graduated therapy, when I graduated my DMP program, I hit up my therapist. It was like, sis, we did it. we did it (laughs) and still touch base. But as we go through this thing called life, there's continuums in different phases. So when I get pregnant and all that, I'm sure I'm gonna be right back in therapy because I need new tools for the new season. So the biggest thing I feel like I want to start with is that this is a continuum. So it's not like this, I have arrived moment, but more so like I've graduated and I'm out here and able to use the tools to really do what God has called me to do. He's just pushed me in a different direction, Um, but we had to deal with the foundation first. And so I grew up, I'm a middle child number two or four. My parents were both military. My mom was in the Marines. My dad retired Army. And we dealt with just a lot of different challenges, specifically with my mom. So my mom was physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive to me and my sisters. And so by the time I became an adult, I saw a lot of toxic traits (laughs) that I did not realize until going to therapy that I had that I really needed to deal with. And it's not to push blame on anybody. My parents, one thing that God revealed to me is a couple of things, therapy and God, my mother can only parent to the capacity to which she has, right? And she, you know, when she's dealing with, things, et cetera, et cetera. She's doing the best that she can with what she has. She's also been impacted with, so, you know, therapy taught me that, but then God was like, you know, your mom was in the Marines. And we know that, you know, women can often be abused or sexually assaulted or whatever, what have you in the military. So there may be some unspoken trauma that she has. And so she's dealing with you and your sister. She has dealt with y'all out of that, doing the best that she could with what she has. And so it really helped me love her differently because there was a, a time where I was like, look, she could fall off the planet. I'd be all right. <laughs> um, but that walk of forgiveness and truly understanding that one, she's dealing with the level of mental illness herself. Yeah. And then two, gracing her um, while still having boundaries because uh, boundaries are bliss. Um, while still having boundaries, blessing her and gracing her and loving her and being able to show up and show her what Christ looks like right even if she doesn't know um my parents were I just turned 31 on Friday and so my parents are 55 and 56 like so I think my dad was 24 when they had me my mom was 25 me at 25 did not have my life together let alone
0: well, At 25 was out here <laughs> driving to Atlanta going to the liquor store to buy a huge bottle of Hennessy that was Roslyn. Come on,
1: me. Hennessy. Her. Nope, Ice. There's a song. said
0: never could <laughs> never pay me right now to try to take shots of Hennessy. But that is where the Lord brought me from. Okay, That was- okay.
1: Deliverance. <laughs> to think of girl having two whole humans. i having, having a child. Oh my gosh! No, girl. I had just finished nursing school. Was trying to recover myself. Like, there's no way. But then understanding that. You know, that's where they were coming from. And then, you know, their own parents and all of that. Therapy really allowed me to sort it out and remove, not remove her from her actions, but look at things objectively Yeah, And, and and not be so emotionally and tied to
0: it. So what did the beginning stages look like for you? Like, what were the things that made you say, I need to go talk to someone? Like, were you experiencing a lot of
1: overwhelm, anxiety? Overwhelm anxiety. I'm like super sweet at baseline, but there's this part of me that will be like, oh, I'm angry. So here we go. <laughs> right. Like, so once my husband calls it the savage, like once the savage shows up, it takes a while to get there. But once I get there, there's no coming back. I'm Jasmine Sullivan. I'll bust the windows out your car. like, <laughs> like Period. And I know that that's not healthy. Getting into a marital relationship, Ooh. was really, I was like, I got to do something. Cause one of us, this ain't going to end well, <laughs> like, like it's not going to end well. And so really I got saved when I got married, like save, save, like I've always knew God. My grandmother, my Gigi is both my grandmothers, but really my Gigi, she was a Bible study teacher. So I always knew of God, had always been introduced to God, but really learning and knowing God for myself and building a relationship with him for myself came out of like, look, we've been married for five years and we did going to make it to five in a day if we don't change something. And so really allowing God that space to come in and be the center and the foundation of our marriage. God told me I needed to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you got into therapy, did you
0: have a context of therapy at first? Was it more just you were acting in obedience?
1: Girl on TV, child, I was almost to be laying on somebody's couch. Okay. If she got tea and tell me to look into her eyes while she's spinning the spoon, don't do it. Uh- <laughs> Everything I saw. <laughs> you know, but really having to overcome, I didn't even tell my parents I was in therapy, right? Because we're black. So, you know, oh girl, why are you letting people in your business, etc.? Cetera, et cetera. Like all of those same contexts, especially me being in healthcare as well. I understood that this was beyond me like being worried about somebody being in my business. Clearly, somebody needs to be in my business. <laughs> Like, because I'm not doing well at this. And so, really having to submit that level of vulnerability, I tried a couple places. I lollygagged at some points, and God really allowed us to find who was going to be for us. It wasn't just me. My husband also went to therapy. We did couple sessions, which were not always fun, but were always effective <laughs> couples and in individual therapy sessions, and it was great. This episode of the
0: Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by Christ Couch. Hey, girl. So if you're not familiar with Christ Couch, let me tell you all about it. So every single Monday, I send an email to my email list that is filled with so much information, so much value every single Monday. And I love to call it Christ Couch. Heist Couch is a place where we discuss countless topics, gather together as girlfriends, and share our daily walk through life all while uplifting one another. Over time, I have been able to learn that Christ allows us to experience his goodness and true vulnerability through relationships. So let's take a seat and share it all on the couch. In this Monday email that you'll receive every single Monday from me at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, you'll get a full-on devotional and prayer a little motivation Monday, I like to call it, where you get to start the week off with a little motivation and a weekly mental health tip that you can weekly and very easily add to your life. So if you're interested in Christ's Couch, definitely go to the link in my show notes, completely free to you. You'll get an email every single Monday from me. And I cannot wait to share with you all the amazing things on the couch. Now let's get back to the show. So talk about some of the challenges. So you talked a lot about the realizations you had with your mom, but what Mm -hmm. was that like? And the challenges it was that to uncover that stuff because you really don't, when I was in therapy and I was really talking about daddy issues, I think to a certain extent, I knew that there was a lot of, rejection. I knew that there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of, I don't really talk to you, but there was a lot of built up bitterness and resentment Yes, that I didn't realize. Was Unforgiveness. Like eating away at me and eating away at the impact that God could really have in my life, even my relationship with him. So those are the realizations, but what was it like for you to share and verbalize out of your mouth yes. experience and what that
1: was like? Insane. Because some of the things that I experienced Like my husband's like, you could write a book. Like, and so being in a position one to realize that it was impacting my walk with God. It was impacting my marriage. My mom is very results driven. And so I, in turn, have become that way, even with myself, not allowing myself to make mistakes, not gracing myself. I'm always overachiever. I graduated high school with a 4.1 GPA. Like I'm going to nursing school. Girl, my hair fell out one semester. My dad was so mad at me. He was like, if you die, you're going to be nobody's nurse. People, I always think, too, it was different for me because I feel like a lot of people have daddy issues and my issue was a mommy issue. And I don't feel like that is normalized. Like, you know, the toxic relationship that mothers can have with their daughters where they are either superimposing their will. Like, it's like a weird competition, like Sus, calm down. <laughs> and
0: I'm not to pause you because I want to go back to that, but even I've noticed a pattern with very high achieving women,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like Almost every friend that I know, except a couple, in some way, high achieving women having some negative relationship or any very like for me, my relationship with my mom was very enmeshed, but also not even negative, but very like almost you don't really realize it till you're older, just how much it was impactful to you. Yeah. When I say a mesh for me, my mom and I's relationship, I was very much so involved with my mom emotionally as a teenager. Like I was just there for her, like, Yeah, hear cry. I would talk to her, all those kinds of things. That in my mind, I felt like that was my purpose was to do that, Mm -hmm. and it really created a very big, huge lack of boundaries in a lot of ways, even throughout the friendships that I had, Mm -hmm. and just all these things. And also with that, it felt as if I had to affirm my identity from helping other people. Yes, that it became. If people had strong personalities and they were very confident who they were, I was intimidated by those people, like Mm -hmm. intimidated by their confidence and all of those things. So it created a lot of layers
1: of different things. So for you, like, what did that look like? It looked like, again, like me not gracing myself um, me doing things like I love to help people. And I do get validated from that. Um, I love to be able to be like, look at my grades. I got A's. everybody clap now. Right. And I did not realize that that was a coping mechanism, but it was, I was just quote unquote, sharing my journey. What was so evident was this last time that I went to school in my doctorate program, God told me I couldn't tell nobody. about it. So I couldn't pose like, so all the things that I had been used to because I was getting my identity from school because I could do that well. And so I wanted to be seen for the things that I could do well, not the things that I couldn't do well, not allowing myself even the space to not do things well. I very much so dealt with perfectionism, which is a form of imposter syndrome, which is also a spirit, like the spirit of perfectionism. I can't be perfect and me, Jesus, right? Wait, right. Like, I can't be perfect and need Jesus. If I'm perfect, what I need Jesus for? Sharla! <laughs> Sharla! What do you mean? <laughs> okay? It even too with me, I would take on all of these different roles in people's lives. I'm the lawyer in the, in the courtroom, the doctor in the operating room. And again, even, you know, willing to bust my butt working two and three jobs. But God is like, are you going to be Jehovah Jireh or am I? Oh, Okay. So, really having to say, okay, cool, because my mom was results driven out of us. Like, we couldn't even be, bring C's in her house. Cement, literally, I remember saying this Cement, you need to see me, and I don't want to see you. <laughs> we couldn't even bring C's in her house. Like, being average was not acceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. Making mistakes is, and even trying to explain yourself. Like, don't ever want to hear your excuses, right? So it got me to a point where I wouldn't express my emotions. My husband is a communicator and I have grown to not be right, which is so crazy because I love to talk, but not about me, (laughs) not about how I'm feeling. If I'm mad, don't talk to me, but that does not work when you're married, (laughs) Like if I'm offended, don't talk to me and then, you know, three. let me get over it and then we'll pretend like nothing ever happened. And my husband does not work that way. We need to discuss what happened so we can address the issue and we can move forward so we don't have to do this again. But in my house, my my, my, My house is the same way. I'm like,
0: just let me mm -hmm. me breathe for like, don't talk to me, talk about this right now. And I'd be like, I will walk past you and not talk to you. For seven days. And don't let me, don't try to uh, ask me to be the first one to talk. Because, oh, you have tried to come, give me, come off my pedestal and I will not. I will, okay. I will show you how
1: long I will not talk to you. Yes. Yes. Right. But that was the behavior that I grew up seeing. Right. And then it was hard to, because it's a passive aggressive.
0: Yes. I'm going to not talk to you and let you feel how upset I am.
1: I'm putting you on punishment like you're a kid. Ooh, ooh.
0: It's manipulation. It
1: is. And manipulation is witchcraft. <laughs> ah, Shut up. Let's talk about All it. Interested. Yes. So
0: I know y'all get y'all interested. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I like, I, that's what God had told me. Using my emotions to manipulate my husband or anybody else to get a result that I want is witchcraft. Yeah, I'm not pulling out no book and doing no spell, but I know if I don't talk to him, he don't like that and I can get what I want. That's manipulation, that's witchcraft. You are using your emotions to control and manipulate and change the outcomes of things. And where is that fair? And where is that righteous? And how detrimating that is to the household because the woman, yes, the woman literally sets the tone. Yes. He ain't about to be on no roof or whatever Proverbs say.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> If it would be better for you to be on a roof of a house. Yes, quarrelsome <laughs> woman. Yes, who just yep. really wants to go off all day mm-hmm. and make you feel horrible. It would be better yeah. to be in a
1: corner somewhere. Yeah, that's what that. Something means. about a, a leaky roof. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff is in there several times. And like we, about we that,
0: are we set the tone? And like you said, manipulation because we try to be in charge and for one, no, that ain't even, not even your position, but okay. That's out of order. But two, (laughs) like you said,
1: manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I saw that, you know, with my parents, I think that was another thing as well. Is my husband and I both came from households where marriages weren't great. (laughs) So my husband's parents got divorced and he'll tell you, you know, like he can't remember ever seeing his parents sleep in the same room. And to me, my dad was deployed a lot, but I saw a lot of dysfunction out of the 17 years that I lived at home. I think my dad may have been home for three years total, not consecutive, but just, you know, like I can remember like three years solid time. And so him coming home and trying to like find his space in this house full of girls, he got four daughters and a wife and, you know, he's been gone for a year, sometimes year and a half being deployed. Even when he went to Iraq and came back, having to adjust to him having post-traumatic stress. My dad is literally the, he's hilarious. He's like the funniest guy I've ever met. (laughs) And so- watching him struggle with, you know, like the cabinets slam too loud and it kind of like set him off and he don't be yelling like, that, <laughs> right. So I was a little bit older. I was a lot older. I was like 16, 17 years old. So I was able to understand better what he was going through, but I can't grace him and not grace my mother mm. because it looked different. And so in therapy, it was really just identifying I like to call it get to the root of it. In nursing, we do this thing that's called a drill down. If you have an adverse event that happens, they do a drill down you file the incident report and you try to figure out like, where did this happen? And so really asking those questions too many times, I feel like we often feel like we need to react right away and that's not necessarily so. We need to sit down and really say, like, okay, first of all, who's talking to me? Because if it ain't Holy Spirit, then it's only the devil and he can kick rocks. Who said that I couldn't? start a podcast? Who said that I couldn't start a business? Who said this? Who said that? Because a lot of times the enemy will use those closest to us to speak in our ear, but really at the root of it, it's still him. So then you can deal with it. The other
0: thing is what God does is Mm -hmm. God is an exposer. Yes. He brings light. Yep. Darkness. Darkness can't even be around light exactly because light's gonna shine outshine the darkness yeah so that being said god wants to expose and many times y'all and this is a lot of hesitation out here when it comes to going to therapy is the desire to not go back and look at the old stuff because you're mm-hmm. like i am past that i'm years behind that but those years behind sis are still in
1: to this day you're not it's roots Right. When you think about things in the Bible, everything is like agricultural seed time and harvest. So those word curses that my mama spoke to me. Those names she called the things that she said I would and wouldn't do. If you don't, you can have a garden and have fruit. You can see fruit in the garden. You can have tomatoes, potatoes, greens, beans, whatever Shirley season say it. You name it. You can have that. but there also can be weeds growing as well. And after a while, eventually those weeds will start to snuff out your fruit. And so you have to go back. Like you have to, is it painful? Is it uncomfortable? Yeah. Was I in there crying? The tears sure was, but that's okay. Because did not I only
0: didn't I leave worse than when i will be coming to therapy, girl and leave like what did I, why, why do I feel this way?
1: Um, but then over that week, right, in combination with the Holy Spirit, things that God would reveal to me, it wasn't until I was in therapy, it got to the point where I was doing because it's Jesus and therapy, right? So I would do, you know, the work that my therapist tells me to do, write this out, duh, 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 but always inviting the Holy Spirit in because he can give me revelation beyond what the therapist has. So the therapist gives me the tools, right? But then God gives me the revelation. And so, I would come back the next week and be like, sis, I didn't figure out blues clues up in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't figure out blues. Get your notebook. Let's sit on the couch. <laughs> a cultural
0: analogies for me, child. <laughs> like, two, I think, and I was telling somebody this earlier because I did the podcast interview earlier in today. And I said, therapy gave me language. Yeah. Therapy gave me. An ability to then go to God about, oh, this is specifically what this is. Mm-hmm. And he just expound on it even more yeah. where I'm now aware of the enemy's tactics. I yeah. wouldn't know it's rejection. Yes. So then go to God and say, well, what does rejection look like? Oh, well, mm-hmm. then rejected my son. And this is what yeah. he said. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: this is what disappointment feels like. Oh, mm-hmm. this is what happens when you rebel. Yeah. Oh, this is what happens when you do this. And yeah. so... It gave me a different layer of language. And one of the things I always hear women say, especially when it comes to getting in front of guys, spending time with them, is like, I don't know what to say. Yep. Well, this is what happens sis. we become so blinded by our traumas and yes. so perceived thinking that we're okay. And we get into this form of, oh, I've let it go. I've forgiven. But really what you've done is just spray perfume on something.
1: Yes. Still
0: stay. Cool. It. And then you don't even have the language yeah. to know what to go to God and pray about. So you're just triggered constantly and yeah. saying, Oh God, just help. Oh God, this. Instead of yeah. really being empowered, God wants to empower us. He wants to give us the words to then go be mm-hmm. like what I always say snipers in the spirit. You should that yeah. gun one time when you got the word of God to address ping, the. Ping, thing. Ping. It's a child pull. <laughs> baby. Be <laughs> okay. And then, so I think the one thing you described is just being able to take the tools, yep. do the work and get the revelation.
1: Yeah. Cause God is practical. Yeah. And sometimes we try to over-spiritualize God to the point where you don't like, I'm a medical professional. So I see this all the time. Child, listen to me. This whole pandeasy that we have, I'm going to use wisdom. If you don't think that I ain't go through my house with the oil and pray Psalm 91, but I also am going to wear a mask and wash my hands and not go to crowded places. It's not about being fearful. It's about using wisdom, right? Like it's about us not allowing the enemy to make us so spiritually sound that we're no earthly good. Well, God just gonna come. No, there's a story. I think my Gigi told me a story about the man in the boat. He was trapped on the roof of his house because there was a flood. And he kept saying he was waiting on God. And so somebody came in a boat and he's like, no, I'm waiting on God. Somebody came in a plane. No, I'm waiting on God. And somebody else came another way, child. And he said, no, I'm waiting on God. So he drowned and died. And when he got to heaven, (laughs) he asked God, he said, what happened? I was waiting on you. He said, I sent three different people to come (laughs) help you. And you refused the help. And so a lot of times I feel like, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Every time I hear refuse help, I just think of the scripture that talks about God resists the proud.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what I say. We use that. Oh, I'm waiting on God. Are you talking about yourself, God? Because the God that I know, I mean, Jesus had 12 disciples. So you can't do this all on your own. If you really feel like, oh, it's just me and God. And then you talking to the wrong God, you're making yourself God. Oh, now there are times in points in our walk where we have to have a level of solitude, right? When you think about Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he went before God on his own, but he still had people around him. It was supposed to be in print of a sleep trip, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but he still had people around him, right? Like, because that community is so important one of the first things when we go through genesis and we see god creating the earth everything is good until he sees the atoms by himself and he said it's not good for man to be alone up until then it was all gravy baby and then, okay? then
0: let us yes even within himself making yeah
1: the father the son and the holy spirit you better have me. come on so if god rules in the level of three Right. Even when we talk about in, uh, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, right? Like the, the, um, it's not, yes. Right. And a lot of times what happens, especially as women, we feel like because you're not in a relationship with a man that, that that doesn't like to validate your, yeah. Yeah. No. When God says it's not good for you to be alone, period. Paul never got married, but he still was never alone. He still had other people that he traveled with. The disciples were sent out in groups Girl, I had a conversation with a friend
0: of mine. And actually, y'all will hear this. Actually, y'all won't hear that piece. But what she was telling me was about her boyfriend, how he had gotten to like this freak accident where he was on a jet ski and his arm got pulled off of the jet ski where the key was attached and the key hit his eye and like tore or like, uh, what is it called? His LASIK or like cut his LASIK? His cornea. Cornea, something like that. This is the analogy that came in my mind immediately. We are all part of the body. Yes. I may not know how valuable my cornea of my eye is until, until. something happens to me. Yes. You know, because of that, every single person that is a part of the body of Christ is valuable. The, my pinky toe is important because when you hit that thing, that thing hurts, child. Yes. Girl, with my nail break and I'm feeling the numbness on my finger that is important so a lot of us are equating mm-hmm. our value yes to where we think I, we should be i teach and, this
1: class on purpose and i talk about this you teach, a you teach a class on what purpose, oh, go like, talk, it. purpose. Talk, about it. talk about it and here's the issue is that we're a body right Rosalind? how many times today have you thought about your kidneys diaries and real well like nobody walking up like, sus, I see you out here diuresing, come through kidneys. Yes, my kidneys out here. Y'all see how many sounds I be like today? They is out here on it. Nobody, nobody gets the applause for that. Like your lungs, you don't even think about your lungs doing their job, your liver doing its job, your heart doing its job and you don't see it. Everybody out here want to be eyebrows and eyelashes because that's what gets complimented. Everybody out here wanting to be here because that's what you can see and that's what gets complimented. But you have to understand that there are vital organs that are protected on the inside that may not be seen. But let them junks go left. Then you on dialysis. Let your heart stop working. It's over. You're going to be like a marion with an icebox where your heart used to be. That's it. (laughs) And so when we think about purpose (laughs) and our place in the body of Christ, we cannot equate yeah, I. That used to be, but I love you. some that was my I era. Heard, all I heard was touch. <laughs> <laughs> the girl, so, touch. so funny. But we really the touch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but we really we do that. We feel like I'm not purposeful because I'm not being seen. But every purpose does not have a platform attached to it. But there are people attached to it. And that's what matters, right? So bringing this back to relationship. Yep.
0: There are certain gifts that are different for everybody that I need, even in my relationship. There are people that literally are not super deep that I'm friends with. They like, it It don't have to be that deep, Roslyn. Yes, it is. But- their ability to be realists and be logical. My husband is a realist, he's a very mm-hmm. logical man. They're trying to bring you back to life. Just girl, I'd really- be, be out with my friends then. Did you go to Jerusalem? I'd be like, Y'all don't even understand. I was at the feet of Jesus. Okay. Come on. They're like, is there any space for us? And I'm like,
1: I don't know, girl. I was at the pool Bethesda. I I the angel came, he started.
0: I took all his time. Okay. And so for that reason, I needed to marry a man who was a realist. Because mm-hmm. if I married a real deep man, we would just be in conversations. Nothing would ever get done. Nothing would. Ever, Elijah would probably be like, "When y'all gonna feed me a bottle?" <laughs> Nothing would ever get done. would be like, that. "Baby, just you ever think about how just amazing the breast milk is, and how it's all these vitamins?" And Nico's like, "If you don't just feed the baby the bottle, yes,
1: Again. but the immunity, the passive immunity." Okay, let's talk about it. It decreases risk for ear infections, asthma, childhood obesity. Oh, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. But meanwhile, goes like, let me just feed the baby the bottle. Okay. He's like, Yeah, and and Elias is like, if I could ever get some of it, that would be cool. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I saying to say relationship is so mm-hmm. it's critical. valuable to our walk, but we have to understand that we are essential parts of that. And let's switch gears. Let's go back to with therapy. How did therapy just like overall change your relationship with God? Because that was one of the biggest. Yes, God.
1: You know what's crazy? It allowed me to be more vulnerable with God because what I was doing was I was presenting this version of myself to God that like, hey, I am good and I have it together. Look at me, bless me, please. <laughs> instead of like yo I am seven degrees these- of tragedy help
0: <laughs> all these things I've done I've done all mm-hmm. these things can you just yep. i okay not
1: about before? that
0: and then when you didn't answer the prayer you'd be like what's wrong why with you? Like, yes. what am I not doing can you tell yep. me what I need to do because then I'll go do it
1: yeah it gave me a deeper level of authenticity in my relationship with God because I had to understand that I was even doing that for God that performative, God, look, I'll go out and I'll serve the poor and not like putting it on Facebook in a way that was like prideful to me, but I'm like, I would stretch myself beyond capacity, but God wasn't doing the stretching. It was me trying to get a round of applause from God. And he's like, girl, you're good. Just the way I made you. I love you when you sleep, when you're serving the homeless, but now you tired and you all empty and you're throwing out your seed in places where you're not going to get any harvest because I never told you to sow into that ground. So now you're just tired and crabby and mean.
0: (laughs) And you don't even then have the mental space or capacity to serve in the areas that you're called to, like marriage.
1: Yes. Like work. Yep.
0: Like your own personal rest. Yes. Because you're so drained. Yeah. That's what that practically looks like, Mm -hmm. y'all. You're giving everything to everyone else and they mama, auntie, when you really want to say no. I am reading in the book called Rules of Engagement.
1: Did I tell you about that book? Yes, Cindy Trim, Auntie Cindy is out. Let me tell y'all. When I get her on the show, Cindy is fine. out here. Like Auntie Cindy is coming, bringing, bringing souls,
0: the understanding.
1: Yes, seven. Two, yeah,
0: eight. I was reading about. It's, I'm gonna read it actually about attention-seeking activities. Yeah, and it was so mind blowing to me about what that actually practically looks like because we don't realize how, especially again, going back to us who are perfectionists because here's the thing, there's Mm -hmm. nothing new
1: under the sun. Yeah. And the devil got the same tricks. Yeah, he's crafty, but he's not a creator. And once you understand that, like that. Therapy really allowed me, again, to stop looking at things emotionally distracted. Because what will happen is the devil will play on your emotions. And so now you're emotionally distracted. And so you're not even really getting to the root of it. You, like, I can't believe this. Instead of understanding and realizing, first of all, this is the spirit of division. So let me just go ahead and burn the devil's camp down real quick because you got me messed yeah, up. And,
0: and it's very interesting how I can talk to you about the experience. We have two different, totally different experiences. Mm-hmm but we have a lot of the similar like thought processes. Mm-hmm. How is that? How is that the same? Because there's no new tricks. Yep. But here's the other revelation. God mm-hmm. can give You new revelation about something. You yep. can give me new revelation about something yep. that completely can free us. Yes. Yep. From all these things. Yep. And so in saying that, like going to approval seeking, I'm going to read the CI. It says people yes. who engage in approval seeking activities are people who do anything to get affirmation and acceptance from others. Approval-seeking individuals like personal power, self-worth, dignity, and a sense of significance. Approval-seeking activities are driven by fear. The the instigating spirit will cause you to fear negative responses and feedback and to become so approval-dependent that you barter away all your time, energy, and personal preferences for affirmation and approval. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great. But having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American Giant.com, code STAPLE20.